if you'll remember correctly, I'm in mental health and Ashley's in public health. And as we've gone through this pandemic, we realized that we should bring you some news. We should bring you some informative feedback from articles that we found interesting. So without further ado, welcome to Brain and Body Weekly. And this Wait, when do I come in? Is a check. Wait, what is this? <laughs> it's not a check. Hi, I'm Ashley. And I'm Joy in this. Wait, when do I come in? Is a Weird Friends production. <laughs> Welcome to the Challenge Yourself podcast. Two friends, one in mental health and one in public health, decided to get together in the midst of a mind-blowing pandemic to bring you short but mighty daily messages to lift and encourage your spirit. Tune in. Yep. And challenge yourself. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Welcome to the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, one more time. Well, here we are again. Oh my goodness. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the Challenge Yourself podcast, everyone. Welcome. And this is your news brief for the Mm. week. Do, 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 do. (laughs) I tried to do a song. You know, like from back in the forties. Oh yeah, Tony, y'all need to hear typing. That's right. There you go. I got it. I got it. So this is your brain and body update. As you remember, now we are from different sides of the coin. They both mm-hmm. work together, right? So I'm in mental health, Ashley's in public health, mm-hmm. and we thought, let's take the opportunity to educate you all. We might be a little silly along <laughs> the way, but I think it's so important yes. to provide some insight because as fun as this podcast is, we want to make sure that you're taking away a couple of nuggets for your mm. week um, as well as where you can find as well as where you can find the nuggets. Because essentially where you can find the nuggets is just as important as us giving you some of the nuggets. So mm-hmm. um, you can go and educate people around you on what you learned here on the Challenge Yourself podcast. So that's right. Welcome. Yes, indeed. I'm excited about this girl. So what are we going to do first, the brain or the body? Oh my gosh. They're both connected, right? Yes, they are. So that's very important to know too. That's why some of you all are experiencing physical Mm -hmm. ailments. You can't sleep, Mm -hmm. right? You're having intense dreams. You're waking up tired. Everything is connected. That's right. So those of you who are just ketoing and intermittent fasting and all of these things, and yet you haven't shifted your mindset, mm. yet you haven't dealt with your depression, mm-hmm. you're wondering why your outcomes aren't as favorable. Well, <laughs> let's mm-hmm. look at the fact that you haven't made the mind-body connection. That's right. That's right. And you know what? Just knowing your topic, let's start with the body first, because I feel like your topic is going to be needed after this. 
um, <laughs> you know, and so I, it was interesting. I was thinking about what should we talk about this week starting off? And I just, I kept coming back. I didn't want to talk about um, coronavirus or anything like that. But it just, you know, it was weighing heavy on me, y'all. I'm sorry, I had to. And so actually, it's interesting because one topic that really hit home for me while I'm um, studying public health, because I'm, you know, in school right now, you guys, but one topic that always hits heavy for me is health disparities. Because, Mm. you know, just being in a country where we have so much, um, you know, we have so much research here, so many medications, so many treatment options and all of these things, yet there are so many people who never get to taste that, right? And so um, I I was looking it up and I was thinking about the coronavirus and I actually found an article by Dr. Sarita Golden and she's, um, she's an MD. And this article is actually at Hopkins Medicine Health, um, hopkinsmedicine.org slash health. And she talked about the coronavirus and its effect on African-Americans and other people of color. So she included everybody, right? And she actually talked about how um, the coronavirus was was affecting people who are minority in a different way than those who are white. Right. And so she actually gave a few statistics and this kind of it actually was disturbing. And so I'm just going to read a couple of statistics with you guys. Just hang with me. Um, She looked at Chicago. Right. And some of you out there may be from Chicago, so you may understand. Now, as far as the diversity in Chicago, African-Americans make up a third of the city's population. Right. So they account for half of the cases who've tested positive for the coronavirus. Okay. Mm. So follow Mm. me on that now. Almost three quarters of those COVID-19 deaths were African-Americans. Three quarters. Now I, you know, I was like, huh? And so to make matters even more disturbing, sorry, you know, got to go there. She also looked at Milwaukee County and Wisconsin, right? Mm. So African-Americans make up 26% of the county's population. And I want you to think about that. So if you have a dollar, right, you got four quarters. One of those quarters plus the penny is the amount of African-Americans in that town. Now, 70% of the coronavirus deaths were African-Americans, 70%. And so I just, things like that just got me thinking, what is going on here? And so she actually gives a long list and I'm not going to go through this list with you guys. And some of these things you may know, but you know, some of the risk factors obviously is lack of health insurance, right? So, you know, we talk about that. We talk about um, the fact that a lot of minorities work in essential fields. And I think you know, we, when we think about essential fields, we're thinking about the doctors and the nurses, but we cannot forget the bus drivers, the grocery mm-hmm. store clerks, you know, the, the warehouse stalkers, like those people were also working factory workers. And so these are our frontline people who mm-hmm. also were not protected and did not have the correct PPE, um, you know, personal protective equipment. So, you know, we're being affected at higher rates. And so think about that. But then also you have to factor in a lot of minorities. And this is this is another statistic here. A lot of minorities, black or other, have higher rates of chronic illnesses. So high blood pressure, right? Heart disease, lung disease, different things like that, which makes you more susceptible to the virus. So she also found that. 
Not only that, she, t- you know, I mentioned lack of insurance, right? Also being in crowded conditions. If you think of people in Chicago living in the inner cities, you know, thinking people living in the projects, this is crowded conditions. And to make matters worse, she talked about how stress also, you know, obviously stress weakens your immune system, which makes you more susceptible to illness. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I'm reading all these things and I'm like, oh, my goodness. And, uh, you know, I'm just it disturbs me for the moment. I'm glad she's calling it out, but it was disturbing. And so as she talked about this, she kind of gave tips for, um, you know, healthcare workers and different people to fight this disparity. But really what I wanted to talk about on here. Um, was what you all can do as individuals, because it's one thing to talk about what the healthcare workers and all of them can do, but what you can do. And so one thing that is mentioned here that I think is really important is, and this is something that I think, Joy, you and I talk about a lot. We talk about taking care of yourself and actually putting yourself or making yourself a priority, if you will. If you're not mm-hmm. feeling well and you're sick, take your butt to the doctor. I don't (laughs) care if you have insurance or you don't. I don't care if you have $2 in your pocket or a million. Take your butt to the hospital. They have to treat you, right? And when they do see you, and I don't care if this is your primary care physician, I don't care who this is, right? When they see you, if you, you know your body better than anyone. If what they're telling you does not align with what you know about what's going on with your body, you need to advocate for yourself. And that was something huge that she said here. And the interesting part, Joy, actually, as I was, um, you know, we were preparing for this podcast. I, you know, I just tend to scroll sometimes on YouTube or on um, Instagram. Crazy enough. Mm, I'm scrolling mm. down Instagram, y'all. And really, I was trying to find funny videos. I came across a woman named Dr. Jennifer Lincoln. Never heard of her before, right? Apparently, she I think she's an OBGYN. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I know she does something with OB. Um, and she actually made this TikTok video that was very interesting. And Dr. Lincoln, and just to tell you guys, you know, even though it doesn't matter, Dr. Lincoln is not a black woman. So, you know, this is somebody from a different walk of life, right? And she's Mm. talking about how there are health disparities in pregnant Black women, right? And how there's Mm -hmm. higher rates of this and that with with, um, Black women who are pregnant. And Mm -hmm. so she references this article that I'd never heard. And it's where these um, researchers did a, they did a study. And the study was on racial bias in association with um, pain assessments and treatments in African-Americans and white Mm -hmm. people, right? So Mm -hmm. they studied that. And in this assessment, they actually gave a set of questions to both medical students and medical residents. Mm -hmm. Um, If you don't know the difference, medical residents have gone through, they've graduated from medical school. They're like, they're doctors technically, but they're still under supervision, if that makes sense. So they asked them questions and they asked them questions about pain and how they thought, you know, was there a difference? Do you think there's a difference between African-Americans and Caucasian people when it comes to pain? I Mm. think, you know, Joy, when I think of that question, I'm like, no, we're all human, right? No, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a very simple question. The answer is yes. Yes. There is a difference in how we perceive Mm. uh, pain. And there's a reason why, 
And again, the, these are the, the things, and, and this has been researched, has been done mm-hmm. and redone over and over again. Well, I mean, even in my own doctoral research, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a lot of the, the, the research participants that I utilized mm. talked about the bias that they experienced yes. when they went to the doctor. Yep. And that's important. And that's important because that's something that both of these doctors were getting at because this study showed um, the difference. So a lot of these students and these residents believe that, yes, there was a difference between how African-Americans and Caucasians felt pain. And so as I read it, I'm like, okay, okay, let me see where this is going. This was actually the shocking part, y'all. They believed that due to factors like Black people, and this is a quote, black people's skin is thicker than white people's skin. Therefore, African-Americans don't need the same level of pain management that white people would, right? And so I know that sounds crazy, but this is an actual article and I will give you the source. No, if you want to it go doesn't read it. sound crazy at right. all. It's, I mean, it's just, and the article was so good because it talked about those racial biases that are believed. And these are people who are studying the human body, they're studying medicine. So I don't I mean, know if they're studying the human body or if they're just kind of uh, breezing through so they and can they might start be. cashing a check. And they might be. And, and they uh, might be. That's a concern that I know I have personally when I start to choose doctors mm-hmm. is I'm wondering who's in it for the cash or who's oh, in it yeah. for the change. Who's in it for the change? That's And you can tell. Oh, my goodness. I'm telling you, stuff like this is disturbing. It, you know, just just the mindset is disturbing to me that you can make it through medical school believing something that if you just take a simple uh, anatomy class, which I've taken, I'm like, look, if you take an anatomy class, you can see how that sounds. And but stuff like this, these kinds of belief systems are what physicians, uh, any kind, clinicians are taking into practice. And that mm-hmm. is why articles and research like this is very important. And that's why I'm telling everybody on this podcast today, you need to advocate for yourself. At, you know, hey, yes, there are people like me fighting behind the scenes to change stuff behind the scenes. But mm-hmm. you have to make sure you are speaking up for yourself. And if something is not right, you need to call it out because it's your health. Okay, Mm -hmm. and so that's Mm -hmm. why I wanted to bring that up today, y'all. I mean, I was disturbed when I read some of this, but I really hope that in a way that empowers you to understand that if you went to a doctor and you felt like you weren't hurt and you thought you were crazy, you're not. Okay, you're not. Go to a new one. You need to go to a new one and you also need to advocate for yourself. That's right. Write the le- I've had to do it. Write the letters oh, yeah. that you need to make. I've had and to make report. your voice known. Yes. That's right. Report these kinds of instances. That's right. Because when you look back in history, when even slaves were brought to this country, mm-hmm. uh, you know, wannabe medical doctors were making all sorts of assertions yeah. about the the uh, brute uh, force uh, of uh, that slaves could endure all the labor and things that they can endure because they just had different body forms mm. and could endure more. And the reality is, is that those kinds of assertions have been passed down and passed oh, down yeah. and passed down. And it's it's actually rather sickening to it me. Is. And it so is. in an effort not to be re-traumatized after everything that's going on, I'm not going to go there but i am going to say 
you need to advocate on behalf of yourself mm-hmm. uh, whenever you experience any 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 type of discrimination Mm -hmm. and you may not even see it but even when a doctor walks into the room does not greet you you know just kind of ask you a few questions writes a script and tells you to go pick it up let them know how you're doing in a month that's not okay that's right that's not the form of care that we need we need and particularly uh people of color yes that's african-americans Black people, however you want to be, however you want to be addressed. Uh, that's Latinos. That is uh, American Indians. Mm-hmm. That is anyone that is not white. Whenever you go to the doctor, you are uh, you really should get some additional support. One because a lot of us carry around a lot of uh, genetic codes and things mm-hmm. that uh, make us more prone to certain conditions. And also, we are not getting the additional experimental kinds of drugs and invitations to clinical trials, which I know I was a part of a clinical trial, and uh, my health and quality of life increased Mm. because of that. We're not getting those kinds of invitations. That's right. If you are having those issues, I want you to make some noise. I want you to make some noise. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's because your reality. life literally depends on it. I mean, it does. It does. Absolutely. Yeah. Make some noise. Like do the DJ say, make some noise <laughs> in that doctor's office. That's right. I want you to document dates, times, what was said, mm-hmm. all of those kinds of things. And it's not to put, you know, people on blast or get people fired. What it is, is let's shine a light because that's it, right. it's, it goes beyond cur- cultural diversity training yeah. and it goes to the heart of what oath you took to become a doctor. That's Just right. Like I took an oath to become a mental health professional. Uh, there are certain things that I'm required to do ethically. Mm. And so regardless of who comes into my office, then they're not going to be treated as less than uh because i i just don't want to be bothered first thing they want to do is say well diabetes running your family mm, that uh, oh well, my gosh you know you're mm. a little bit overweight that's a you whole nother topic the there are reasons why we struggle with that say. that's right exactly and why is it that these that that we have a problem with people dying from that's coronavirus right. What is not happening in these offices? And, you know, what are people afraid to go to the emergency room? That's, That's right. a whole nother topic. Too. Take your butt. Because you, if you are afraid to go, I suggest you find somewhere that you feel comfortable going. And you can even request mm-hmm. a black doctor if you need to. Mm-hmm. Whatever you need to do, someone who can identify with you, do it. Do it and don't look back. It's not, it don't you, there's no guilt that's right. with that. That's right. So I think that that's a, I think it's important. I think that's a great article you brought up, Ashley. Now, where yeah. can people find it again? What's Absolutely. The name of it? So there are a couple resources. So the first article um, is by Dr. Sarita, that's S H E R I T A, Golden, literally G O L D E N. And that is on Johns Hopkins medical page. So if you go to Johns Hopkins, um, the hospital page, I'm sure you can get to their articles and you can find Dr. Golden's article. And the article is coronavirus in African-Americans and other people of color. 
So mm. you can kind of look at, I'm sure it'll probably pop right up because it's dealing with COVID-19. Um, the other doctor I mentioned, Dr. Jennifer Lincoln, she actually is on Instagram. And I think it's literally je- at Jennifer uh, Lincoln or at Dr. Jennifer Lincoln. And her um, video that she did was very interesting because she mentioned a lot of what you mentioned as well, Joy, along with this article. And she mentioned um, just personal biases that they have to overcome. And I, it was very inspirational. I, you know, I suggest you also look her up in the article that she referenced was on um, the PMC, which is the U.S. National Library of Medicine. And I'm sure you can put this in Google Scholars. Um, it is by Kelly Hoffman. So that's Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y, Hoffman, H-O-F-F-M-A-N. Um, and so if you type her name, you should be able to find it. And the title is Racial Bias in Pain Assessment and Treatment Recommendations. It's a longer title than that, but if you type that in, you should be able to pull this up. But it's very interesting. I suggest you guys go check it out. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. See, and we need that. We need to get serious about our health. We need to get serious about who we're allowing Absolutely. to be in charge. And along with that, I know you all may think this is morbid, mm. but we need to have advanced directives. We need to have a will. We need to go ahead and have things in place so that That's if right. you can't breathe and you can't speak for yourself, mm. then you have some people that are willing to advocate. And you also need to let those people know what your wishes are. Does that That's make sense? Right. I hope that makes sense to every that's single right. person under the sound of our voices. That's right. You know, that's essential. That's and right. so, that, wow, you know, after that, I want to throw something in there before you go, Joy, because that reminded me of something that I hope I just want to leave it with this. You know, we talked a little bit about the protests and everything going on. Um, and you know what? Looking at what's happened now, we see that from all the, you know, demonstrations and protests that have happened, guess what? People are having to listen now. And so Mm -hmm. that's the same thing with this. If we speak up loud enough, oh, people will have to listen and things will have to change. So again, make your voice heard. I don't care, you know, whatever fears you have, make your voice heard because the collective voice will be heard. So, all right. That's it. I'm done. That's it. (laughs) You know what? Troublemakers are mm-hmm. fine. I, I don't care if you if they every time you walk into that office, they're whispering about you. It mm. doesn't matter. That's right. Be a, be a good troublemaker because <laughs> it's going to help a doctor. It's going to help uh you know this medical staff, and That's the medical right. team be better. That's right. So with that being said, I'm going to talk really briefly about resilience. Mm. See, because we just talked about the fact that we have a significant health disparity Mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to coronavirus and the pandemic. We've got significant health disparities right now in many different areas, from pregnancy among Mm. African-American women, coronavirus, diabetes, heart disease. But I want to talk a minute about resilience because a lot of us have... um, We have a mentality that at times can be very defeatist. Mm. We have been singing, we shall overcome a whole lot in our lives. Maybe you heard it growing up Mm -hmm. or what have you. You may have been hooping and hollering in church, or maybe that just wasn't your thing. Maybe you didn't go to church. Maybe you, you know, uh, you know, had a different upbringing. 
But whatever the case is, I want to bring up the uh, the three things that the most resilient people are doing every day. Mm. And I tend to get an email every week from Eric uh, Barker, who whose email whose book I think is called Barking Up the Wrong Tree. <laughs> but he is literally um, he puts together these amazing uh, emails and information from some of the top researchers around the world regarding mindset. And so I'm going to talk about resilience for a minute. Um, One of the researchers that he mentions in this article, the three things the most resilient people do every day, and this just came uh, into my inbox on Thursday, uh, he talks about um, uh, researcher Charles Snyder, Hmm. who was a professor at the University of Kansas and an editor of the Journal of Social and Clinical Psychology, which I've read many times. Um, Many of their uh, editions I've been able to use in my own research. Uh, He came up with a book. He wrote a book called The Handbook of Hope. And he had some answers on how we can live better. And that needs to be the goal for everyone Mm -hmm. is to live better, to have a greater quality of life. Right. And so there is hope. Right. Which is this, this sense of, you know, things can get better if I just believe. But Charles Snyder talks about a more scientific hope, Mm. not just crossing your fingers, uh, not just insisting that everything is going to go well, but actually how to get stuff done in hope so that you can improve your life so that it's not just a dream. Right. Because Martin Luther King had a dream and he did something. That's showing you that hope is not just dreaming. Hope is moving and active. And so according to Charles Snyder, whom Eric Barker references, hope is the sum of perceived capabilities Mm. to produce roots, roots, not a root, Mm. roots to desired goals, Mm. along with the perceived motivation to use those roots so already we're setting the stage right so there's the the idea of capabilities and seeing that you have the capability to produce multiple roots to desired goals along with the perceived motivation to actually use the roots that you've produced Mm -hmm. according to the theory people who are hopeful believe they are good at generating goal Thoughts. Wow. So having a thought that that's a goal, creating effective pathways or go. There we go. Talking about roots now, mm. creating effective pathways leading to goal attainment, meaning you actually meet the goal and maintaining agency thoughts to provide enough motivation for the goal pursuit. We're going to talk about that and handling any barriers that arise. Mm-hmm. See, we all thought that hope was a dream, mm-hmm. but active hope is actually filled with, with much more. It's, it's, got, it's got many different dimensions. And so Snyder studied high hope and low hope. And he found some stark differences. And I'm just going to share a few of them. People with lower hope, (laughs) you know, uh, tended to um, have less goals, uh, 
these are your goals or what have you. But mm-hmm. folks with high hope had a large number of goals, more difficult goals, and had more success at achieving their goals. Wow. With greater happiness, less distress, superior coping skills, which I hope everyone understands doesn't just come overnight. Mm. It comes over time. They recover better from physical injury and report less burnout at work. Wow. If you are not a high hope person, I hope you heard me. I hope you understand that you, you know, high hope people tend to have a greater number of goals, difficult goals, success, recover better, report less burnout. Mm. Right. And so Here's the thing. It is also that when Snyder looked at it, he realized that hope correlated with grades in school. And it doesn't mean that some of you who didn't have great grades uh, doesn't mean that you didn't have high hope okay, or, or, or hope in general. It just meant that what he found was that it correlated with grades, hmm. but not with IQ scores. Uh, interesting. So it did not matter the person's mm. IQ score. It's about what you choose to do, not necessarily um, your IQ score that you attained on a test at any given time that Mm. you took it. So that's important. Being scientifically hopeful is, is, is in many different areas of your life. Super resilient, super really hopeful people Mm. do certain things. So goals plus agency plus pathways equals hope when Mm. you have goals which is knowing what you want agency which is the drive to get what you want and pathways which is the ability to generate methods to achieve what you want you get hope Mm. so with this type of hope and barker writes this you don't wish things will work Mm. out you actually know deep down in your bones they will that's powerful you don't doubt it Mm. you do not doubt it Mm. So goals, what are your goals? Okay, that's going to be important. List out those areas. And Barker talks about this at, you know, piggybacking on the work of Snyder. You know, what what is it that I want? You know, get more specific. Okay, let's say I need to find a, a new job, but you know what? No, let me get to a more specific goal. Mm. I'm going to spend one hour every morning job hunting, reaching out to contacts, you know, that's important. And so we get around low self-esteem, which is saying, well, there's no way that could happen mm. right now, right? That that tricky low self-esteem leads us to another thing, which is just not moving. Mm. So if you want to have uh, the kind of goals that are, are difficult, that are growth-seeking, You've got to move forward into that. You know, there's evidence that people who set validation seeking goals, mm-hmm. and that means that I'm looking for someone to give me a cheerleading mm-hmm. clap, are more prone to depressive episodes mm-hmm. and self esteem loss mm-hmm. than those who set growth seeking goals validation seeking goals and this is a real problematic Mm. uh, issue in this society really are strivings to prove oneself worth and competence Mm. but growth seeking goals are striving to learn grow and improve Mm -hmm. so I want you all to keep in mind I want you to study the goals that you set and if you haven't set any ah, 
it's probably time to do that. Mm -hmm. The other thing to do, so we just talked about goals, but agency is their perceived ability to begin and continue moving along a pathway. Mm. That means that if your goals are vague, then how can you have any agency? If you don't have a clear idea of what to do next, how are you getting motivated? Mm. So I want you to think about your agency, which, you know, is really saying to you, go back to your past successes. Look at your progress. Study that. There's momentum there. And so right now what you want to do is you want to look at, hey, if I'm doing something new, I have what it takes. I'm going to continue to push through that process. Mm -hmm. I'm the kind of person who has done this before. I have proven results before, maybe in a different area. But if I've already done it, where I've set a goal and I met it, then I can do it again Mm. and I can do it again and I can do it again. That's agency. Mm. Then pathways, last one, is the ability to generate plans to achieve goals. This is where you're resourceful, okay? This is why we're talking about if you go to a doctor's office and they're not treating you right, what? You need to, you know, put something in writing. That's right. You need to challenge the system, right? And so the idea is to mentally rehearse important upcoming events. Think about these different pathways Uh, Think about the potential barriers that could be in the way and visualize how you're going to work around those issues. Mm, So mm, mm. that's powerful. You, you know, I think that that's essential is when you visualize, spend most of your time thinking about the middle of the journey, not just the end, Mm. but the middle, the beginning is predictable. Eric Barker says Mm. the end is fun, right? When you reach that finish line, But the middle is the confusing and the ugly part. Mm, That's good. And it takes preparation. And so I love what Eric Barker is talking about when he's talking about this, because we've got to remember that even in this situation, things can go sideways. You can create a goal. You can have momentum. But unpredictable stuff happens like this pandemic. Mm. This pandemic, you know, put a lot of people's goals on hold at least a little bit Mm -hmm. so even if I make a plan and it sucks right remember I'm not bad the plan just wasn't great Mm. we tend to beat ourselves up and we lose hope and so fill that gap you start with your goals you really really enact your agency and you utilize your pathway so I love what Eric Barker has said, plan your mental movie, switch from I want to I choose Mm. and make sure to have some goals. What is it I want to do? Make them specific and watch how your hope becomes more than a dream. It becomes a part of your life on a day-to-day basis. That's resilience. That is taking um, the worst of the lemons and really making some sweet lemonade. Mm. And so to me, that's something that we need right now in the midst of this. 
So if you're not signed up with Eric Barker, Barking Up the Wrong Tree, and his email list, I suggest you get on his email list. The research that he has is remarkable. Mm. You know, I, I'm not even going to tell you, but you, for your homework, you can actually look up his um, article. He links to an article um, to where neuroscience has determined the number one thing for producing happiness. And I read that mm-hmm. as well, but I'm actually going to leave that to you to look up within, uh, you know, the, the writing of Eric Barker because he links to this article and some of you need that you need to be reading things that lift you up. And so I definitely felt like this article was uh, something that we need right now because a lot of people are are leaning on a hope that is full of fluff Mm. and they don't have the, the hope that is an action oriented growth minded hope. And so let's switch and change the page Mm. that I think helps us with our health that I think helps us with our finances. It it helps us in many different ways. Mm. So that's so good. Wow. And you know, I hadn't heard some of it. That was very interesting. And I think that's exactly what we need right now. That was a great way to end this brain yeah. and body update. Mm. Yeah. So we provided you a brain and body update from public health, from mental health. Um, and so we challenge you to focus on both your mind and your body please. That's right. Do it. And I think you'll see the results. Oh yeah. And, um, and so every week we're going to bring you a brain body update. That's right. That is going to be something that you can take with you uh, into the week and challenge yourself to be better. And so why this, while this is not silly, (laughs) Mm -hmm. so to speak, it is something that we're committed to doing to improving your life uh, a little bit at a time as we improve ours. That's right. We do. That's right. Yeah. Challenge yourself. Challenge yourself. <laughs> Bye. Tune in to find out what happens next. Become a weird friend by joining our 24 seven community featuring blogs, forums, and weekly inspiration. Start now by following challenge.courage on Instagram and Facebook and email us your thoughts, comments, and questions at nofakersinfo at gmail.com. Ciao.